0: Yeah, you know, you've um, you've caught me. I'm wearing the same T-shirt that I was wearing last week, so I'm going to go change it.
1: <laughs> I literally just changed mine. You you if you'd logged in like ten seconds earlier, You've seen my naked torso.
0: How lovely! <laughs> this is the sheer isolation podcast. It's presented by Kieran Moore and John Ponting. Right, so welcome one and all once again. You are listening or viewing the Sheer Isolation podcast with uh, myself, John Ponting, and my friend over there in Trowbridge, Mr. Kieran Moore. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Kieran. The purpose of this podcast, if, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, is to promote and help out the uh, local music scene around the west of England, in particular Wiltshire and Somerset and Gloucestershire and the Cotswolds, and that area, because uh, it's another week on and lockdown is still going on. Venues are not happy. They're not,
1: they're not, but if you are lucky enough to be in a venue that has a reasonably sized bar, you get to finally have a drink. So that is something. But if you're like me,
0: you're not really even a casual drinker, it makes no difference to your life whatsoever. thing is, I don't drink if I'm by myself, and I've spent the last like, three four months pretty much by myself, so I've just not been drinking. There you go. I- I'm very much the same. But to be honest, I only drink when I'm at gigs. Oh, and um, Kieran, you you have pulled a special proper guest out of the bag this week. We've got Bristol Music Royalty joining us later. We have the legends, the man, we have Big Jeff. Big Jeff, he is an absolute legend. And for people who don't know about Big Jeff, he is, he's kind of an enigma, isn't he, really? He's just appeared on the Bristol scene and and goes to gigs every night. Even bands from all over the world, as soon as they get a gig in Bristol, they want Big Jeff to be there. That's how they know they're going to make it. 100%.
1: Um, I think Beans on Toast once wrote a song about Big Jeff, Uh, so that's how significant he is. Obviously, there was a point where there was no Big Jeff, and over time, Big Jeff come into existence, because every every gig you went to, you saw him at. Even if, for some
0: people, there might be at two or three gigs a night, he would be at two or three gigs a night. I'm I'm intrigued to find out what he's been doing the last few months, so we'll we'll be asking him about those things later on. You're in the news again with your campaigns. Um, Our colleagues over at BBC Introducing. Effectively, what they've said is,
1: Sam, thanks very much, goodbye, and Rich, you're no longer presenting, you're now going to be a producer. And they're drafting in a chap from Swindon to present the BBC Introducing. Um, And I'm sure he's going to be very good. I've not got any bones or gripes with James. I'm sure he's a fantastic presenter and a lovely guy. There's no sort of argument there. What I am concerned about is that we lose... Salmon Rich and Salmon Rich have been instrumental in delivering the BBC introducing brand. And they have had, they brought people like George Ezra and idols to national attention. Um, they are excellent at linking various people and groups of people and scenes and, and so on and so forth together. You know, you get to where you've got because they've done it for 10 years. I just feel like the change now is the wrong time to make that change. So I started a campaign and we have over 800 signatures, which is just sensational. I'm hoping we can save them the, the session. Big
0: ups to Sam and Rich. It is about um, time we played a track and you have picked for us uh, a track by Jon Amore. Did I? Oh yes, I did! Sorry! <laughs>
1: <laughs> we just did this a second ago. But what <laughs> track have we got? Oh, we've got this one. Oh, yeah, okay. i picked it, have I? What? Uh John Amor. John Amor. Amor, oh, I'm sorry. Amor. Yes, John Amor. Yeah, he's a he's a blues Devises Blues legend. He I think he's the only person from Devises who's performed on Later with Jules Holland.
0: So that's pretty cool, if you ask me. It's cool, it's a very unique claim to fame. The only person from Devises to play with Jules
1: Holland. <laughs> um the st- yeah, he was in he was, he was in sort of at the time, thing mid-90s, the UK had one fledging young blues bands that the whole scene um, sort of got behind and there were a band called The Hoax and the bands got internationally famous they toured Europe they toured they um, think they toured on support of Robbie Williams but they toured Canada they toured America two of the original members now one of them lives in France and two of them live in America one of them is like a uh, like a film producer and does all sorts of music related stuff um, on big Hollywood films and stuff so yeah they you know there are bands that burn brightly for intensely for a while and Spread their wings and now live all around the world. But um, the hoax were fronted by John Amor. This is a brand new track he's just released. I think he's done the video in lockdowns. So it's like a fun little video from his house. It's, it's a um, great
0: video. I was really
1: enjoying it. Yeah. yeah, yeah and again, yeah, the track's yeah. called Peppercorn. But yeah, so Peppercorn by John Amor. Let's give it a whirl. Hmm.
2: Well, I'm in several of my elements. Don't you make me have to choose You hear me knocking at your back doll baby I'm biting more than I can chew I'm biting more than I can chew So baby President.
0: track was peppercorn by john amore uh, Amor. based no that, no i started by saying amore now you told me it's Amor. It's <laughs> which Amor. one is it <laughs> amore i'm just teasing you let's uh, it's time for our guest and that would be very excitable very exciting guest this week big jeff from bristol you, you don't know where to start if you're trying to explain who big jeff is to somebody who, who's never met him or not familiar with him it's very difficult to know where to start it is. He's, he's uh, as you say, he's
1: known throughout, he used to be just known throughout Bristol and the South West. He's now known internationally. Bands know they've made it if Jeff comes to their show. I remember going to The Exchange to watch Beach Slang at The Exchange a couple of years ago now. And Jeff was in the crowd, obviously. He's the tallest man in the room. And I think the band at the say, oh, does anybody want to sing along to a Cure song that they played? Boys Don't Cry. Um, and Jeff was, everyone was like, big Jeff, big Jeff. The Jeff gets up on stage to, to sing with beach slang. And he actually didn't know the words. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was an absolute mess. It was amazing.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. That would it happen to me if I got dragged up on stage. I'm rubbish at remembering lyrics under pressure. You know, I'm really rubbish under pressure. I'm great under pressure, but we're not with answering stuff. I'm, I'm the same hate pub quizzes. I'm no good at them. Anyway, back to Big Jeff. Um, we'll just go straight over to the uh, to the interview.
3: Hey guys, hi there, How Jeff. How you doing? Thank you, and Hi hey, John.
0: Now there is hey. one man who definitely needs a haircut.
3: <laughs> yeah, don't you
0: start. I'm turning into Widow Twanky.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You'll be on
0: the Hippodrome
1: before before this whole thing's finished.
3: <laughs> yeah, but well, basically, I think the thing is, is, I just decided that no one's really going to be seeing much of me anyway because of obviously lockdown. I just thought, like, may as well try and, like, grow my beard properly for a little bit. Um, and I'm
1: liking it. I'm liking it. You could do what Eels, the front man of Eels, did. He put a little yeah. bird in his beard. Yeah, Mr. E.
3: Yeah. I saw the Eels last year, actually. They were great. They, they played the green man. Oh, really? Yeah, they were brilliant. They played. Their second song was, was a cover version of Prince's um, Raspberry Beret. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was, but they did it in the, in the kind of blue style of the Eels. It was just like the whole set was brilliant. And also, he kind of like kept on, he just kept on making jokes in between every single one of the songs, basically. I love the way <laughs> you've, you've,
0: you've gone straight into just talking about bands. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that happened straight away.
3: Of <laughs> course, oh, to... so he brought up Miss E. So I was <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I saw the Eels last year. So... In at the defense.
1: So obviously, Jeff, we've invited you on because we want to talk about we want to talk about you really. We want to talk about all okay. the things you've seen and done in Bristol because obviously you are perceived as a legend. And how, how many gigs have you been to in Bristol? Let's go with that. Let's start with the gigs.
3: Oh God, I'm going to take you a rough stab because it's going to be it's going to be in the thousands. It's gotta be. So, so probably there was a period when I was averaging about three hundred and sixty shows a year, three hundred and fifty shows a year. <laughs> so it was Yeah. 'Cause Yeah, because also I was doing sometimes two or three in one in one evening. Of course. So like you go to like an install that'd be like six o'clock in the evening, then you go to like somewhere like that club where the gigs would finish at like ten, and then. Yeah, and well, find yourself and be like, oh, look, the fact is only just around the corner from, like, the Louisiana, the fleece, start the bus sort of thing. And that's so, how you do it. <laughs> well, yeah, and also getting set times and, like, kind of being a bit, I guess, nerdy in some ways. Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, you're the only person I know that out-nerds me on nerdiness, who knows stuff about stuff, <laughs> boring stuff. You just, you just, Yeah. <laughs> So, you uh, Jeff, do you, do you actually pay for tickets anymore? Or does everybody just let you in because... Ask Jeff.
3: Um, I do pay for some, you know. Come in, I mean, I'm like that. <laughs> Jeff, just come in, mate. Fine. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm, I find that a bit overly flattering sometimes. I mean, I'm very lucky with like, with, like places like the Louisiana and, like, and some of the other venues, but I would still, even if people asked me to pay a donation, I'd still happily pay it. Of course. I think that, especially as I went to a lot of DIY shows. And, you know, so that would be very much like kind of hand-to-mouth sort of things, really. Yeah, you know tell coming about it. Yeah. I, I, I'm very lucky and quite privileged in in many ways as if to have not really picked anyone off yet. Because <laughs> there's always a yet. Cause there's always a potential for everything to go up at any at any moment. I really don't think that's of- going to be
0: possible with you, is it?
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> well- uh-
1: Jeff, do you remember? Do you remember? I was just telling John a minute ago. Was at the exchange. And we were watching beach slang, and you had to get yeah. up and sing "Boys Don't Cry" with them.
3: Yeah, oh God, yeah, that was quite embarrassing, wasn't it? <laughs> to be honest, that's not the most embarrassing thing which has ever happened to me in the exchange. Come on, then, tell us what the most embarrassing thing was. Well, I got proposed to by the bass player from home in <gasps> the exchange while was, she was on stage.
1: <gasps> no way! Is that, you didn't could... say
3: yes. <laughs> Well, to be honest, there's 200 people chanting. me had a church chanting ch- ch- behind was Not going to say no, was I? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sold-out show. So what and you're like, saying is, is you're engaged? Well, there's no wedding rings, so probably not. <laughs> and they've never come back to Bristol since, so they probably that's probably the reason why. <laughs> so I can't go there because like, potentially my, my supposed fake husband might be there. <laughs> It's amazing. I didn't know that story. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it was the same week they were also being interviewed in like GQ magazine, basically talking about kind of fashion and about you know certain boys on the tour sort of thing. Yeah. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, we met this guy called in Bristol." And it's so one day I'm, go- I'm definitely going to be marrying him. Just like, okay. <laughs> that must be
1: bizarre. You're just going about your day, and then all of a sudden you're in GQ.
3: Yeah. <laughs> doesn't happen very often to be honest with you
0: <laughs> well you say it doesn't happen very often you you were had an article in NME a couple of weeks ago didn't you about the uh the big yeah, named?
3: I, <laughs> I know that happened twice in the space of one week because like having the the whole Colston Hall petition thing which I didn't really want because I, I mean that that's not my way of doing things anyway I wouldn't really set up a petition <laughs> I set up a petition yeah. Jeff <laughs> Yeah, but I know you did. But you did it. But, but the thing is, I so you did it for something that you believe in. Yeah. Whereas I would never, you know, set the a petition to go, oh, shove myself in the front of something. <laughs> of course. You know, yeah, no. You obviously. Know, and that, and that's and that's the thing is that you did something which is for which I signed, which is for a great cause, obviously in saving salmon and Rich, and the fact that they've. I mean, this city is so. I mean, like the city of somewhere like Bristol is so much more than just one person. Yeah. You know. There's so much kind of cultural diversity. And I think that's the thing is what's probably happening is with the BBC, to certain extent, they're jumping on the trend. Yeah. They're trying to be trendy.
1: It's funny you should There's say also- that about Bristol um, and you know, trying to be being trendy. Um, I I can remember when I first started promoting in two thousand and four. Um, mm. A year or so before that, I went to Bristol. I can remember the enemy writing an article about music scenes within the UK, and they, yeah. they focused on Bristol and they said Bristol is ten years behind the national scene. So yeah, if we
3: we're kind of well, it if, was ignored. It was really ignored.
1: Yeah, are right. you bit forwards to today? It's, mm. It is now, in my opinion, the most interesting scene in the UK.
3: Yeah, it's, it's an amazing scene that we've that we've, yeah. that we've been lucky to have. You know, and some of that's come through hard work. Because also, in, even even when there's periods when it wasn't necessarily interesting to people outside of the city, there were still some incredible bands, like psychedelic bands, bands mm-hmm. who were like, also like post hard like kind of really tongue-in-cheek post-harker outfits who'd probably still get banned, who'd probably get banned from the airwaves because of some of their song titles being way too offensive. <laughs> but like, for instance, one of my favourites was a band called, who had probably the award for the best name, which was three hoes, two Mexicans and a Ten of spanners. <laughs> they were brilliant. They were like four, they were four psychiatry students from Dudley. <laughs> but if you think, like, McCluskey meets Girls Against Boys, Sounds great. You couldn't get away with a
1: band name like that now, could you?
3: Yeah. It's like their last album. The The printers actually actively refused to print it. Because one oh, of the really? song was that offensive. I mean, I've I forgot to recommend you guys a song. Yes, you do. Don't um, recommend that band. <laughs> oh, no, no, I was actually. Because they were one of my favourites for a long time. Okay. Um, and I was going to recommend She Was a Capitalist.
0: I do send apologies out to Big Jeff and anyone else who was looking forward to hearing three hosts, two Mexicans, and a tin of spanners. Um, I'm not going to play that on the radio edit of, uh, of this podcast. You can go find us on YouTube and hear the track there. Alternatively, you can stay with us and I'm going to play you a track from a uh, Bristol based Glaswegian artist who's quite big on the scene, Lonely Tourist. This is from his Shouting at Weather album and it's called The Ballad of Paul Tierney.
4: You're the best player, the skills had son. You're the only talent in that dressing room If it was up to me You'd stay here and teach with me But the scouts are crying out For a left back with your pacing club Within six months it's Man United Through the ranks where George Best started Young Player of the Year A glittering courier Seemed as predictable as rain Falling on the streets of Wally range So where does it go wrong When the artist leaves the building And you don't get an encore Why is it very likely The third album's in a 22 It's not a patch on the debut Big break comes one Wednesday night 20 minutes off the bench against the team in relegation fight But it's Paul who gets the blame For the goal that cost the game And another cup upset Cost more than just some coping bets The Gaffer once, I want for you We're sending you on loan to crew? You can get some first team games You can forget about the fame And it's what's best for you now And we'll have you back if it works out So where does it go around When the after-slave's a building And you don't get an encore Why is it very likely The third album's in a 22 is not a patch on the debut From crew Colchester, Blackpool, Loving altering on the Stockport County his career every fall and he really kicked a ball I'm retired at just 30 it's the saddest tale I'll ever hear but is it really career failure cause I have never been a man you'd play would he say honestly he would rather have been me but I would rather have been him Cos I've never heard the fans all sing Where does it go around When you're up to slip you you don't get an encore My not are very likely The third album's in a 22 But everyone liked the debut And the fans sing
0: From Lonely Tourist And that was a substitution song I'm going to go back over now To the Sheer Isolation podcast
3: The first time which I fell on, really fell in love With the three hangs Was seeing them at Ashton Court Festival one year All four of them were dressed entirely In like white workmen's gear So the three of them would be wearing Stockings over their heads So they'd all look like kind of like bank robbers <laughs> and the, singer was wearing, the singer was like wearing a wrestling mask
0: Um, Uh, Jeff I I wanted to um, ask kind of go right the way back to when you um, I don't know whether you just moved to Bristol and then started going to gigs or or just you came of age and started going out to gigs I I wondered if we could go right the way back to the point where you realised that you were more than just yourself you know people were recognising you and bands wanted you to be there and you you became this identity Mm. do you remember when that happened?
3: I guess that would have been around about mid 2000s so like just after I finished college really so just after I finished Access to Music, so I was there for about three years. Uh, also around the same time, um, a certain band called Fortune Drive was starting up.
1: Yes, I remember Fortune Drive. They were managed by MIG, weren't they? No, they were managed by Dave Braley. Oh, no, it was Dave Braley. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I corrected. Dave, yeah, it was Dave Braley. Well, sorry.
3: And he was also managing Halo as well. Yeah. The semi-failed crystal rock bands. I mean, like, <laughs> so they did like, reach some success to a certain degree. We can't talk about Bristol without forgetting about, like, obviously, Idols. Yes. And how big they've got. But it's really funny, because Mark, he used to be the drummer for Fortune Drive. is the manager of Idols. Oh, really? Then Zelina, who used to be the Fortune Drive tour manager, she heads Partisan Records. Right. There you go. It's so loud, isn't it? Well, it always has been more who you know than... Yes. Necessarily always what you know. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to have you know the confidence to be able to manage yourself and put yourself out there. Yeah. And I know that that's that's what I felt you know for a long time was one thing which was holding Bristol back really was being a bit too afraid to step out there sometimes. Not anymore. I know. <laughs> but again, to be honest, we had so many bands who were screaming for attention. This is also like where. You know, Sam and Rich kinda of come in as well. Yeah. The first time I actually met them was actually at at the Louisiana. Or randomly I did meet Gary once whilst watching this really entertaining Australian kind of rock band play at the Louis called The Machine Gun.
1: Yes, I remember them. I didn't realize yeah. they were Australian, but I remember them.
3: Yeah, they came they and they came over, they played the Louis. It was definitely one of the most theatrical shows I've seen at the Louie. That was until I saw the Scissor Sisters play there. But oh we like, wow. Oh,
2: yeah
3: what? oh yeah no they were they were great i have no, no shame in saying this but their first album is, is like an ultimate pop band's greatest hits oh there you go <laughs> you know it's like pop banger after pop banger
0: right if any bands or musicians want to get in touch with us the best way of doing that is to email sheerisolation at isolation at com. what are you doing kieran
1: nothing <clears throat> Just,
0: just, I'm just, me. I'm just looking at you really closely to my screen. Yeah, that's not distracting at all. So, sheerisolation at gmail.com. Send us some um, YouTube links. Send us any news of any uh, upcoming releases you've got, because uh, we're always keen to hear what's up and uh, coming around the corner. We've had a couple of bits of news come out in the in the last week. So, <coughs> one thing that came out just um, after we recorded last week's podcast was the government announcement for a five step plan to get venues museum galleries concert halls back open properly um, so they can get crowds in and actually get some get some proper gigs going and get some proper performances going now you can um you look after the Neild in chippenham you look after the pump in trowbridge you're kind of quite clued up with the venues are you familiar with this five-step plan and do you like it
1: uh i I don't like it no (laughs) so they've put a capacity of uh, max currently of maximum of 30 the theatres that they've allowed to be opened are allowed to be open, but they're not allowed to have live performances. So basically, you can go and watch a stream of something. And the whole thing just smacks of desperation and not really thinking things through. It's like they are aware that it needs to be open and things need to get going, but they've not really, I don't know, spoken to the venues and listened to what the venues need in order to do that. I mean, pubs can reopen with the one meter social distancing. And I know a lot of venues have extended their bars into their performance area so that in theory you can get more people into your pub to drink again. So that, if if you are an ardent drinker and you like to go out and see your friends, that's potentially something you can do safely. Um, But you still can't watch performances. Now, as we've already covered, you and I don't drink. So we're unlikely to be their target audience (laughs) for selling pints.
0: For us sober people who want to go and get some music where we're still having to wait.
1: We're going to have to wait. Yeah. The, the, the advice is don't hold events. Do not hold events. There are certain things that say actually it's still illegal to, I mean, I, I get it. People want to be creative and productive. I understand that completely. I am exactly of that mind, but also it's got to be done safely. And I think if there's a unified front or from the venues to say, we can't do this because duh, 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 we, we're going to get a much better result at the end when we can open. If we start opening in dribs and drabs, you're going, to, you're going to see problems that are going to happen all over the place and it's, it's not going to be a very nice thing to experience, really. So uh, I would normally do product placement. Ah, we've got a record to promote or whatever. But um, I've, I've not had any records in the post because, obviously, um, like, like I said last week, I have to basically sneak them in the house because uh, I spend a lot of money on records. <laughs> um, but I have got a product placement. It's this piece of artwork. Lovely. That was a birthday present from... Um, Mrs. Elliot. Oh God, crikey. Nicola Elliot. Nicola Elliot. Oh, that's not going to stay up now. Taking it off. Uh, Nicola Elliot. She shares the exact same birthday as me, but twenty years prior. And she comes. We always send each other birthday messages to say happy birthday and all that jazz. It's not going to stay there. It's not. not gonna stay. I've balanced it. It's going to fall off and break now, isn't it? So we always send each other birthday messages, say hi, you know, and she's a lovely woman, she's an artist, and I follow her Instagram page, and I love all the art, because it's always really bright and colourful and interesting. But I know her because she's Jed Elliott's mum, and Jed Elliott is the bassist in The
0: Struts. Very cool. Who we have spoken about before. We have. Something Maybe. else you keep saying you're going to get on the show.
1: <laughs> oh, so uh, when she came round to give, give me that present, I said, oh, thank you, it was lovely. I said, oh, can you ask Jed to respond to my messages, please? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I get your mum. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll send him another message soon and say, Hi Jed, come on do a stream with us from America and hopefully he'll say yes and see
0: it'll all be history and it'll be lovely. But we'll see. Right, that has been another Sheer Isolation podcast. Thank you for watching us, thank you for listening to us. Um, same time next week, same place. Same time, same place next week. Again, thank you for listening and supporting us and we'll be back next week.
1: Bye bye.
0: Yeah.